0: He worked with distinguished directors such as John Ford, Lewis Milestone, Otto Preminger, Fritz Lang, William Wyler, William A. Wellman, Mervyn Leroy, Jean Renoir, and Elia Kazan. He played romantic leads alongside the great beauties of the modern screen, including Joan Crawford, Elizabeth Taylor, Greer Garson, Merle Oberon, Linda Darnell, Susan Hayward, Maureen O'Hara, and most important of all, Gene Tierney, with whom he did five films. Retrospectives of his films often elicit high praise for an underrated actor, a master of the minimalist style. His image personified the male mask of the 1940s in classic films such as Laura, Fallen Angel, and Where the Sidewalk Ends, in which he played the masculine ideal of steely impassivity. No comprehensive discussion of film noir can neglect his performances. He was an actor's actor. Directors like Otto Preminger and Lewis Milestone thought of Andrews as a director's actor because he delivered lines flawlessly and never, never hogged the camera or made a fuss. In contrast to stars like Joan Crawford, he never indicated, playing up a motion or milking a scene. He imprinted his image not only on the minds of millions of moviegoers, but also on the imagination of novelists. It is possible to stand at the window, loosen my collar, and rub the back of my neck like Dana Andrews, wrote Walker Percy in The Moviegoer. That neck rub indicates a character and an actor under considerable strain. Anxiety ate away at Andrews, even during his prime in the 1940s. The narrator in Susan Isaac's novel, After All These Years, describes the unrelieved sadness at the human condition in the characters Dana Andrews played. In The Spanish Lady, Alice Munro refers to Andrews's willed and conscious yet easily defeated charm. Susan Andrews wrote to me, Lately, I've been watching the new hit TV series, Mad Men. The lead character reminds me in some ways of my father. He's got this secret past, and all the trappings of success, the wife, the children, the home and the burbs, and yet he's strangely dislocated. Reviewers have called him an existential hero. One critic attributed Andrews's alcoholism not full-blown until the late 1940s, to a style so tightly wound that the actor sought relief in drinking. His daughter Susan confided to me that she thought her father found the pressures of filmmaking and celebrity difficult and craved an outlet. Sailing provided a godsend to him. He could chart his own course and be his own man, hanging off the bowsprit. But as a contract player, Beholden to Samuel Goldwyn, Daryl Zanuck, and other producers, he succumbed to drink as a way to bolster himself. Susan thought that this country boy from Mississippi and Texas was never quite comfortable among Hollywood's formidable moguls. These explanations only go so far, however, in explaining this troubled actor's behavior. He was part of a generation of men who felt inhibited and introverted. It's not difficult for me to hide emotion, since I've always hidden it in my personal life, Andrews admitted to interviewer Lillian Ross. He equated openness with vulnerability. Yet this is the very thing drinking signified, an attempt to open up, or at least loosen the actor's mask. This self-defeating behavior damaged his reputation, which he began to repair in the 1970s. He candidly discussed his alcoholism at a time when most public figures and actors like William Holden hid the malady. In public service announcements for the National Council on Alcoholism, he announced, I'm Dana Andrews, and I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink anymore, but I used to, all the time.